Welcome to Go Simcha, the podcast that takes you on an in-depth approach to the Jewish music, entertainment, and Simcha world. Now, here's your host, Zisha Littman. Hey guys, thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of Go Simple, the podcast. We had so much fun recording the episode, um, but it couldn't have been done without the help of our sponsor, Karen Simchas and Vikalis. We're going to take a minute to hear a little bit more about them. The following episode of Go Simple the Podcast is proudly sponsored by Karen Simchas Chassan Vikalo. Karen Simchas Chassan Vikalo was founded over 25 years ago and is based in Brooklyn, New York. KSCVK helps widows, orphans, and people who are in dire need of marrying off a child. Working through their network of vendors, KSCVK ensures that every wedding is just as special as the next. Run by world-renowned party planner Devor Benjamin, KSCVK takes care that each wedding is as elegant as the next one, ensuring dignity and class through every wedding that they put on. To donate to KSCVK, please visit their website, kscvk.org, today. That's kscvk.org, and help make someone's wedding special. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to episode 26 of Go Simple, the podcast. Um, this week is a very good week. We are coming off a wonderful episode from last week. We're sitting down with Tali yes, talking about his late father, Moshe yes, um, getting to hear some interesting insights to the pioneers of Jewish music. And this week, we're sitting down with someone very special. Um, we're sitting down with Sarah Dukes, who is a composer, songwriter, um, and world-famous pianist. And we're going to sit down and talk with her today about her music. She's she's a Jewish musician, but not in the conventional sense that we know that we, that we sort of understand and know. And she has some very, 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 very good tracks out there. Um, and we're going to sit down and talk with her today and learn her story. So Sarah, welcome to the show. How are you? Oh, good. Thank God. Thanks for having me. For sure. It's my pleasure. It's exciting. It's very, very exciting. Um, and as I mentioned, most of the time on, on every single episode, I'm a musician myself. I play drums, guitar, keyboard, and saxophone, and I've been playing since I was young. And it's fun to sit down and hear hear from you guys, like what you guys do. And I know that you, you're a pianist. And I was reading all about you, and I was learning more about into you. And you have a fantastic history, so I'd love to hear it. And I think our listeners would love to, too. So how did it all begin? I started taking piano lessons when I was six years old. And it was really fun and exciting at first. Mm-hmm. And then after a while, the excitement of learning a new instrument kind of dwindled. And um, I wanted to quit. And my parents refused to let me quit. And they said, um, they made me sit by the piano every single day for 20 minutes. And they said, we don't care what you do, but you have to sit there. Um, I think they were hoping that I was going to just end up by practicing. Um, (laughs) But I didn't. And I was bored. And instead of practicing, I began exploring the keys and the sounds that they made. And at a certain point, I realized that I could create my own melodies. And um, I composed my first song when I was eight years old called Elephant in Type. Oh, wow. And uh, after that, just the piano became a magical device for me. It kind of became my journal. Wow. That's really cool. So you, you, you didn't like practicing, and in, in essence, it led to your, your, your 
your start to something new. That's pretty funny. I mean, I know back when I was younger, I never really liked practicing either. I found it quite boring and similar to you. Like I just picked up the guitar and picked up other instruments and, and realized that you can, you can break out from the traditional mold of what's on, what's written on the page and find your own melodies and find your own rhythms. Exactly. Exactly. So I still continued piano lessons up until the end of high school. Mm -hmm. Um, But my, my passion was really just, composition, self-expression, and just releasing my emotions through the sounds. That's really cool. So now we're going to take a quick moment to hear a word from our sponsors. We've come to the time of year again. It's a 2019 Ura auction with prizes much bigger than before. Just do wait, see what we have in store. Sold tickets to Israel and big fat check. And the shade zone jewels to put on your neck. Be your rent, get a car, let us clear your debt. Go relax and win some weekly cash. We'll cover your tuition bill and maybe give you a new van. We'll send you on a trip nearby or to the Holy Land. Shop online or in New York, you'll get a great big shopping spree. Your $50,000 you can take home instantly. It's easy to enter, just call us or go just make sure you do it before you run out of time. More than $600,000 in prizes, only $5 a prize. Enter now at uraauction.org or call 1-877-7-AUCTION. And we're back from our commercial break. So so where did it take you after that? You said you you met, you said that you you continued lessons and continued doing this, but where did it take you from there? Um well, my lessons didn't take me very far. Um, I actually, I don't really know piano theory or music theory, believe it or not. I've tried with a couple of teachers and it just never stuck. So I wouldn't be able to tell you what key my songs are in. Um, I'm, I'm not very good at sight reading at all. I don't notate my own songs. Um, for me, the piano and the music is really just, um, as I said, a form of self-expression, just when I need to, when I feel something or I need to release something, I go to the piano and I, and I release it through um, a composition. Um, so in high school, I was composing a lot throughout high school. I went away to, I'm from North Carolina. Oh, and wow. I went cool. away to a Jewish school in Pittsburgh. And um, I guess, you know, just being a teenager and being away from home, there's a lot of different emotions going on. And actually my first CD, Finding Forever, all of the songs, all of the pieces on my first CD were from high school. And uh, my friends were very, very supportive, very encouraging. They said, you have to do something with this. You have to play all the time. And I never believed them. And I always felt, I appreciated their support. Um, but I never felt that they really understood good music or value good music. And, and, you know, I didn't know what I was doing when I was composing. Um, I knew it probably didn't really follow very many, uh, very much of the, the rules of music, so to speak. Um, because I just, I didn't restrict myself to any of the theory that I did know at that time. And I just allowed my fingers to go wherever they needed to go. Um, so I was very insecure about my pieces and my compositions. I was embarrassed to play them. And that actually continued uh, when I, throughout seminary, I went to seminary and then I went to college. And even after I got married, where everyone would tell me, my family, 
um, would say you have to make a CD, you have to do something. And I never felt that my music was good enough, I guess, to be appreciated by the world at large. Um, and at a certain point, um, I ran into a quote somewhere that said, the, by um, Leo Biscoglia, that says, the gift that the talent that God gives you is his gift to you. What you do with it is your gift back to God. And nice. I realized, yeah, I realized that I was being very selfish. And here I am thinking that I'm right and everyone else is wrong. And I know what I'm talking about and no one else knows what they're talking about. And I realized it made so much more sense for everyone else to be right. And for me to be the one that just, you know, wasn't right. Um, and, you know, they believed in me when I didn't believe in myself. And I, and I realized I fell into society's destructive mentality, which dictates that you have to be perfect. You have to look perfect. You have to give over perfect perfect product in order to be respected and valued and appreciated and really that's not true at all because perfection doesn't even exist and um, what people are really attracted to is sincerity and genuineness and and you know things that come from the heart and my music definitely comes straight from the heart and I understood that that's why people were connecting to it and with it. And I had to put my ego aside and take a deep breath and venture on the, uh, the road of making a CD to share it with everyone. Wow. That's really amazing. It's really powerful. And what was the first CD that you came out with? Because I was, I, I, I noticed you have a number of different albums. Um, what was the first one that you came out with? First one is called Finding Forever. Um, that was released in 2011. And actually for both of my CDs, my second one is called Life Sometimes, which was released 2016. And um, I have Jeroen Grishovsky performing my pieces for me on both of those albums, which is wow. very nice. He did an exceptional job. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah. I was listening to that album. I liked it. It was very, it was very relaxing. Like all the, all of your music I find is just very relaxing. And like you said, it just like speaks to the heart. It's, it, it gives off this genuine vibe and this very sincere, very like nice vibes with it. And I was listening to it the other day um, and I just found, it just put me in a, like a more relaxed mood. Have, mm -hmm. do, do you, do you, is there like some sort of underlying theme with all your music? Cause I was listening to some, on a bunch of other albums and they, I also felt that with certain tracks, like, do you do these kind of things on purpose or it's just how you're expressing yourself when you're writing the, when you're, when you're sitting there playing? Um, no, I, I don't do it on purpose. Um, <laughs> I really don't analyze what I'm doing when I do it. Um, sometimes I can know exactly what I'm feeling, that something could trigger it, either an event or um, strong emotion. Um, sometimes I have no idea what it is. I'm, I really don't know 
what the specific emotion is, but I just feel the strong pull to the piano. And I know that if I create, if I make a time, make an opportunity to go and sit down by the piano and really tap into that, that I will compose something. Um, and um, I, you know, for, for the reason that you just mentioned about what you, how you interpreted the songs and how you felt um, while listening to them, that's the reason why I don't usually um, share the inspiration behind, there are some of them that I definitely do, but others I don't really share inspiration behind the composition because I think music is very powerful and very therapeutic and it leaves, and especially my music, is there's no lyrics and right. it leaves the interpretation open to the listener to kind of receive and take whatever they feel like they need to at that time. So I found that I could be playing a piece of music and there could be five people in the room and every single one of them could interpret it differently, which is beautiful. Um, and that being said, there are, there are specific pieces that are definitely, to me, they're more intense, much, much more emotionally driven um, that were, um, that, that were composed because of a, um, a tragedy, um, mm. or something, something really big or sad that happened. Um, and I do give back, I, I give background to those songs. So as I mentioned that you have, you have one, one of your songs, um, that I was listening to was written and reflected on, on a tragedy, um, that happened a number of years ago in New York. Um, with with the boy Laby, I, I was listening to that track, and what that event like when when that event happened, that inspired you to create that 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 composition. What led up to that? Because it was a very I was listening to. It, I was like, it was a very very powerful song. So that song it, it was um, inspired by the tragic kidnapping and and murdering of Laby Klutsky. Um, the young boy from Borough Park who um, you know, was kidnapped when, on his way home from camp. And I just remember that time when the news got out that he was missing and, you know, people were hanging up flyers and his flyers were all over. I was living in Crown Heights at the time. Um, flyers were all over. People were saying to heal him for him. Um, people were searching for him. And I just remember saying to heal him with my kids, and um, and it was very emotional. Um, and then afterwards, when we found out what happened to him and how how he was murdered in, in such a horrific way, just it was again the the emotions were so intense. And at first, I was feeling angry and resentful and confused and helpless and hopeless and you know all those emotions that come out when when you hear something like this and I started composing this piece it's called one O-N-E um, and actually for this specific piece I kind of switched emotions in mid piece which has never happened before and hasn't happened since um, where while I was composing it I was thinking about how 
the whole community, the whole Jewish community from all over the world united and came together for his search and for this one boy. So whether it was actually going out and searching for him physically or hanging up the flyers or saying to Hillem or, um, or taking on new mitzvahs, like everyone united for this one boy and for this one boy that most of us never met. And I suddenly felt a sense of awe and and unity and just feeling humbled and and so I, I was just just touched and affected by the avas chinam that the Jewish community had for this one boy and that's what the song the this piece kind of turned into and that's why it's called one um and and that was again that that was inspiration that was ultimately infused into this piece. Wow, that 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 yeah, is. And this one actually amazing. It, yeah. I actually got this one orchestrated. This is my first orchestrated single that I released, um, which is it's, it's beautiful. It's beautiful to hear it orchestrated as well. That's really cool. Um, and to yeah, as I say. It, I know you got that orchestrated and to be able to express that and express those emotions with such a powerful backing to it. it it's, it, it's really incredible. It's really, really incredible. Um, and wow. Did, and how, how was that song received by people? How was that, how was that, how was that received by, by the, by people and by the community when you shared it around? Um, I think that people really appreciate um, my music. They appreciate the fact that there are no lyrics to limit the interpretation. Um, a lot of times people, when a tragedy or an event happens like this, it's very, very hard to process your emotions to pinpoint the specific emotions. And um, music is one way where you can really have that release and ha and express yourself through the music and not just for the composer, but for the listener as well. Right. So I, I've been very fortunate that um, the listeners have feel I've, I've gotten very positive responses from it. Wow, that's really incredible. Now, you mentioned that your music doesn't have lyrics, but the the most recent song that you just, the most recent composition that you came out with in song, that one actually has lyrics in it. So what's the story behind that? Like you have someone singing on that track. Yeah, so I just released my first song with lyrics two days ago called Yesterday Again. Um, that is a very, very moving, very powerful song about losing a loved one. Um, the reason why I consider, I guess, the rest of my, I, when I, when I put, my, if I put myself in a, in a, if, if I'm going to describe my music, I'm going to say it's, you know, piano solo or instrumental. I, this song, Yesterday Again, is very different for me, and I feel like, in a sense, it's not really my song. Um, that I feel like is really Hashem. Like it, I was just a conduit to bring. Hashem's message into the world to send comfort to whoever needs comfort at this time. Uh, just because, again, I've never written songs with lyrics before, and especially 
one as as moving as this one. So it's something that I'm still processing myself. Um, but this song was written and composed after a tragic event happened in my community here in, in Cedarhurst, um, where a young mother, Cindy Canervogel, um, suddenly passed away, uh, leaving four kids behind. Um, this came very soon after my sister-in-law lost her father and just a few other losses of some very special people. And um, when I heard about Hindi, I never actually met her or her family, but it's something that really, really affected me. And it shook me to my core, again, between that and the other losses. And I, I went to the piano to try and process, you know, what was going on and, and how I was feeling. And this song kind of was just, born like together at once the the lyrics the the melody just everything it just and it was the fastest I've ever written a song um and uh again it's just that was a very new and different experience for me um I reached out to someone to make a demo for me because I don't sing um right. and to help me with a few of the lyrics and I sent it to a guy, Clay, and he did his magic. Um, and he sent it back. And I was so moved by the demo that I decided, like, this is exactly the emotion that I want to give across. And this is what I want to share. And I decided to release it myself. That's really cool. So, that's the story. Yeah. It's funny the how like you 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 said you said like your music you, your music generally doesn't have lyrics and it's really open to interpretation just by the base like the the base of instrumental music, but I still found with this song that like even the lyrics were so powerful and the and the person singing the vocals on the track, it was a very powerful song that you could I I, I still felt like you could still leave it a little bit open to interpretation because it still had that flavor of your piano and, and the underlying and the the sound that came with it and I found it very moving and I found it very like it had a point where it's like it's a little bit uplifting to to a certain extent and I really I really like the track and I think that I I, I wish I wish it well on you did you I'm so happy I'm yeah. happy you feel that way because um, it is a sad song, um, but there's also something very comforting about it. Um, and, you know, I think the fact that the song itself is very raw, the emotions are very raw, the arrangements very minimal, um, the the lyrics are very simple. I think that it just leaves a lot of space for the listener to really hear and to feel, which I think creates a lot of power. Right. No, for sure, hundred percent. Now, it, like I mentioned before, like you're 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 not the the, the typical mu person we have on the show, the typical Jewish music singer we have on the show, whether a wedding singer or someone who's behind the scenes. So, where do you generally perform? Like, how do people? What do you? How do people hear you? Mine, other than your 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 CDs and your albums and things like that. Do you go out there and do concerts and and performances 
and, and things like that within the communities? Like how do people like get to experience Sarah Duke's music? Um, I think, well, a lot of what I do is, is really, um, I guess over, you know, like through radio play, um, it's featured on a couple of airlines. Oh, yeah? Um, and some documentaries. Yeah, won a couple of awards. I think that that's how people typically find out about me. Um, but that being said, I have, a, you know, I, I have a pretty big fan base in Brooklyn, especially, and um, they've been so supportive. And they've brought me out for different performances or if there's concerts. Um, when Shulchus hear about me, though, I've, you know, gone out to Montana and Cleveland and, you know, I'll perform for woman events. Um, I don't really advertise myself as a performer mm-hmm. because I consider myself more of a composer, but I definitely go out. I, you know, I'd be happy to go out and, and share my story and perform my pieces. And then usually it kind of turns into a Fabrangan. Hmm. Um, style or it's just you know it's beautiful that it just turns into a beautiful intimate event that's really cool I mean yeah because I mean the general nature of your type of music it really it, it really warrants a more in, more intimate event so to speak than than a than like a wedding or or like a bar mitzvah or something like that right, and right. it's cool it, it, it's cool because you get to you get to really feel the music you really get to experience the music for in its own right in that kind of situation um you mentioned that your stuff's been played on airlines how does that work how'd that happen that's pretty cool Uh, thanks um i i was working with a promoter that that works with new age style music in the genre um and she i guess you know submitted my my albums my pieces to her people and uh i guess they liked it enough to want to feature it so that that's been really cool it's been on um singapore airlines and um, vietnam egypt air um a couple of other ones like mid-eastern airlines that's really fun yeah and and that that's a form like they pay you to have your music on on the on the they pay for the rights to have your music on playing on the on the entertainment systems. I get royalties for every play. Oh, wow, that's pretty um, cool. Yeah. Listen, you never know. That's that's really cool. I mean, I guess you could say that that's making it big when your when your music's playing on Singapore Airlines, but. <laughs> That that's that's really cool. So what's so now that you just came out with this new song, what's next in the works for you? What what else you got going on? I am working on an instrumental single with Mandy Hershkowitz called Triumph, uh, which is going to be a really empowering, motivating piece. I'm very excited about it. Um, I composed. Triumph after my daughter, we had a very big medical scare with her last year. Um, And it was, you know, it was pretty serious for a while. And thank God, thank God she's perfect now. But um, 
you know, when she was home recovering, I was, I was just thinking about how she really pulled through and she fought through it and how she really, you know, had to use her inner strength to pull out of it and to, you know, to come out and to be triumphant. And then I was thinking about my husband and I and what we had to do and, you know, really tap into our inner strength and to deal with what was going on while at the same time taking care of our family responsibilities and our other five children and um, trying to just hold everything together for our family and ourselves and how we were able to come through that, you know, and be triumphant with that. And then it kind of just led into how every single person is dealing with something and has their own challenges that they're going through that probably most of us know nothing about. And at the same time, they're getting up, they're getting dressed, they're going out to work, you know, they're smiling at people, they're doing what they have to do to kind of, you know, try and pull themselves through it and to get themselves through the day. And, and that alone makes them triumphant, just, you know, kind of just that will to just, just got to keep going um, and keep fighting. So I'm, I'm excited to release this um, whenever I'll be ready to look out for that. I will. It's funny that, you know, like, like I mentioned before, that I thought there seemed to be some kind of like underlying theme within your music and you, and you kind of <laughs> said not so much, but I do see that there <laughs> seems to be a reoccurring theme within your music. Like a lot of these things, a lot of like your, your pieces are sparked by a situation of like of an emotional situation or some something of the matter. And it really brings out the full experience and the full flavor of the music um, correct me if I'm wrong, but like, like I said, I've been listening to some of your stuff for the past couple of days. Now we're talking a little bit more into it. And it seems like a lot of your stuff has really been brought out by some sort of emotional connection or some sort of like um, tragedy or something that really help goes from a place, a low, a place of like darkness and sadness to a, like you just said, a place of triumph in a sense. That's that's right. how I've been understanding about your music, and I really like that. Thank you. Um, I guess it does. You know, <laughs> I have another. <laughs> I you know I never thought about that, and um, <laughs> I appreciate you, <laughs> appreciate you bringing out that point. I was just thinking that I have another song, um, another piece on my second album called "Dancing in the Dark," um, and this piece actually placed in the international um, John Lennon songwriting competition. Um, and this one was, was inspired by a close family friend who um, was very, very sick. And he, he did pass away, um, which affected us, my family, very, very um, greatly. And I, and I composed this piece, Dancing in the Dark, because um, to me at that time, it felt like a very, very intense, and it is a very emotion, emotionally like evoking piece for me. Um, mm. And when I play it and when I hear it, so that's why I guess I said that, you know, some of them are more intense, but you know, now that you brought up that point, I'm thinking of the message that there are times in our lives that, you know, it does appear to be dark 
and um, like just going through a lot of pain and experiencing a lot of pain. And um, yeah, we're believers of sons of believers. And we have faith that Hashem will take us out of this darkness and give us revealed reasons to dance. And, you know, it's the coming of Mashiach, and that's why it's called Dancing in the Dark. We're still dancing, even though it's, it's dark and it appears dark. So um, I guess, you know, you, you brought out that point, and I, <laughs> I guess it's true. And, and, you know, people ask me, they're a little confused, like, does it make this, you know, is my music Jewish music? Like, what is Jewish music? And I think uh-huh. that music, it, we learn the music very, very powerful. And, and whether we're, we're aware of it or not, when we listen to music, we're connecting to the soul of the composer. Um, and I feel like, you know, I am, I'm a religious Jew. Um, I, I, I'm personally, I'm Chabad, so I have the Hasidic philosophy that, you know, that I kind of live my life with. And I guess that when I compose my songs, if, if, if I'm composing, you know, coming from my soul, that this is who I am, that the, that the Yiddishkeit, that the Hasidishkeit, that the, the whole philosophy is coming out and being infused through the piece, through the pieces themselves, um, which makes my my pieces very much Jewish music. I think. Well, it's funny. Last week when I had um, Tali Yes on the show, we were talking about his late father Moshe Yes. I'm sure you're familiar with Moshe Yes and how he was a pioneer in the Jewish music world. Um, and mm-hmm. his son was saying how that when his father was becoming Balachuva. And he was, he was a famous musician in the secular world before he became from. And it was bugging him that he, that he thought that he couldn't play his music because it wasn't, it wasn't Jewish music. It wasn't kosher. And he said, the rabbi came up to him and said, music, of course the music's kosher. As long as, as long as you're, th- as long as you're talking about, as long as you're talking about good things, as long as you're singing about kosher things, music is kosher. That's what it is. Music is, music is, music is a very, is a very kosher thing. As and as long as you use it right, and and from that, you know, he just went. He he told me his father just went. Moshe has just started composing and writing the songs and all a lot of these famous songs we know today. Um, oh. But it's it's true. Like music, music is one of the most powerful tools. It's a very powerful cle, and we have to we the the way we use it can be can be used for tremendous good and bring tremendous amounts of kedusha to the world or could also go the opposite. And, you know, that it, that's what I love about music is it, it's, it's so powerful and you can learn so many things out from it. You take so many things out from it. It's just really how you use it. Right. And yeah, hundred percent. So, wow, this, this was very, this was very, very cool. I, I really, I really enjoyed having you on the show. Um, and I, I wish you tremendous luck in everything you're doing. Um, keep putting out more great music because you're, you know, you're right. It's you're, you're putting out your, the music you're putting out, it is Jewish music because you're Jewish. You're, you're, you're injecting your, the Kedusha into the music and it's uplifting and it gives people, it, it, it really gives people physic. And I, I think it's fantastic what you do and your compositions are amazing. I happen to always find the piano is always my favorite instrument. 
because you like as you've been saying like you can just express yourself in so many different ways on the piano it's one of those instruments like you can just really really express yourself and just lay it all out on the page um like you know you can't you can't necessarily do that with drums you can't necessarily each instrument has its own tom i've no i from my experience each instrument has its own flavors like you can't like necessarily express certain at certain things with different with certain instruments but with the piano you can just like lay it all out there and you know it's really cool to hear hearing this from somebody like you who's so accomplished in what you do and i i really appreciate having you on the show it was it was it was amazing oh, thank you thank you for having me for sure um and so where can people find your music where can where, where can besides the obvious like your website saradukes.com um where can people where can our listeners find your music if they're interested in downloading it buying it obviously um and and just getting a hold of getting a hold of your albums uh well my website saradukesmusic.com um but um anywhere i guess anywhere that music sold itunes amazon google play um and stream it on Spotify, Pandora. Um, I don't know what I missed. Basically, any Does that any cover major, YouTube. <laughs> yeah, basically any major music plat music streaming platform. Um, yeah, is, it's out there. Um, yeah, cool. Well, well, Sarah, it was a pleasure having you on the show. And like I said, I wish you tremendous luck in everything you're doing. And keep us posted. Keep me posted on, on when you're coming out with some more albums and more music because I I've become a very big fan of yours. Oh, thank you so much. Really appreciate it. Sure, no problem. My pleasure. My pleasure. I have one I, I, again. Atzlacharaba, and have a wonderful day. And thanks so much for coming on the show today. Thank you. Sure, no problem. You've just listened to another wonderful episode of Go Simple the podcast. For more news, updates, and information on our next episode, like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram at GoSimcha.live, and don't forget to check out the show notes and videos on www.gosimcha.com along with zeradio.com. Thanks for listening, and remember, Go Simcha!